0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Uh, after the Lord Jesus Christ had performed the miracle of the feeding of the multitude, a lot of people started uh, being attracted to him. And they started following him wherever he goes. Uh, and they went through a lot of trouble and, and hassle, even to the point that today it says that they got into a boat. They went to one place. They didn't see him. Then they got into the boat again. They went to the other place. And they wouldn't they wouldn't calm down until they actually came to find him. And they've gone through a a, a great deal of of following him. Uh, or of finding him and the Lord Jesus Christ when he noticed all that the hassle that they're going through Then him being able to search the heart and know what what the mind of the man is He turned to them and then he said he said to them you seek me uh, not because uh, Not because you saw the signs but because you ate the loaves and were filled. And in other words, he is telling them that you are not here for spiritual reasons, but you are here for physical or for earthly for earthly reasons. And that's what I want to speak with you today a little bit about, because oftentimes many people have seeked Jesus, but they have seeked him for the wrong reasons. And the outcome of all of these experiences weren't the best. And for example, we see somebody in the Bible like Judas Iscariot who went through the hassle of not just seeking Jesus on one specific day or one specific occasion, but he accompanied him. And he accompanied him... Again, not for just one week or one month, but he accompanied him for three years, almost and a half. Three years and a half. Now, you look at at, at at something like this, and well, you see this, this is some dedication, okay? This person must love the Lord Jesus Christ for him to forsake everything, whatever it is, whether it was a family or 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 a job or whatever, but he is he's sticking with him for that long. You say, okay, this this person must be good. But then what does the Bible come and tell us? It says that he did this because he kept or he was in charge of the treasury box and he was a thief. And yani at the end of it, he wasn't going through the notion of following Jesus because He desired or he cared to hear what Jesus was saying or the teachings. But what he cared for is that he carried the treasury box and he was a thief. And he stole what was in the treasury box. We look at Judas and say, well, thank the Lord. I'm not like this. Not stealing anything from God. Well, then maybe we should go back and review ourselves a little bit because the Lord Jesus the Lord he says in the book of Malachi that you robbed me and then the the word robbed is 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 more aggressive than the word steal okay Uh, then and they say in what way have we robbed you what did we take from you we didn't take anything that's not ours and then he says well you robbed me in your tithing when you, when I give you the abundance of blessing and then yet you come one month and you say, you know what, this month is really difficult and I'm trying to make ends meet and I have to pay the car lease and the car insurance and the car gas and I have to pay the 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 rent and utilities and the cell phone and the payment for the new iPhone and the payment for, you know, there's this new X, whatever that came up. So I have to pay for all these things, right? And then it's very, very difficult for me, Abuna, to tithe. Malishi, can you please absolve me from the tithing? Or we find another way to direct our tithing and we convince ourselves that it's still considered tithing, but in reality, it's not tithing. Yani somebody... Uh, Abuna this Sharif I mean, uh, needs uh, an, a new car and and can I make, uh, send this money for for them to buy a new car out of العشور, out of my tithing? Well well that somebody is your blood relative. you have an obligation to help him not out of your tithing but out of you know out of your obligation. But then we find whatever excuse, because we want to deduct from the tithing as much as we can. The point is to do it as much as we can. We're trying to treat God. A lokum story. One person, his son, got really sick. Found when his son got really sick, he prayed and he said, God, please, if my son is healed, I will sell the most expensive thing that I have, which is my horse. I will sell my horse. And I will give the money of the horse, the the value of the the horse, I'll give it to the poor. So God listens to him, and his son gets healed. Obviously, when that happened, the man started a second thought, started re-evaluating that promise. The horse is the most expensive thing that I have. So this is what he thought. He went to the place where animals are sold, and he took with him his horse, and he took with him a chicken. And he went to the guy that buys the horses, and he told them, I want to sell you this horse. He says, okay, how much? He told them, $20. $20 for a horse? That's just such a steal. It's a very good. Okay, "Okay, I'll give you $20, give me the horse. And he says, no, 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 but wait a second. The horse and the chicken are best friends, right? So I cannot separate from them from each other because the horse is going to suffer anxiety and depression. So you want to get the horse, you have to buy the chicken as well. I told them, okay? He told me the chicken is $2,000. So together, it still make financial sense to the merchant that was buying $2,020. For a horse and a chicken, that's still a good price. Still a decent bargain. So you give him the twenty thousand, the two thousand dollars and he give him the $20. So the man takes the $20 and he says, God, this is your share. This is the price of the horse. Okay. And this is what I'm gonna give to the poor. I'm gonna keep the price of the chicken for myself. We look at this story. I'm giving this an extreme story, Ani. But the reality is oftentimes we do the same thing. We do the same thing. We seek God, right? And we seek God because we wanna we want gain, right? We wanna we wanna we know that God is somebody who is so rich and because he is so rich, as long as so he's somebody who's so rich, so if I befriend him, if I stay close to him, then I'll be able to take a little bit from here, a little bit from there. That's what Judas Iscariot, he, he thought. Some other people, they seek Christ not just because they want to steal from him, but as I mentioned, the the people here in this, because they will eat, okay? They know that this is a miracle worker. This is somebody that so long um, I'm next to him, he is going to be providing me with food, he's going to be giving earthly blessings, he's going to be giving me earthly blessings, and people are, this is, the, these are the people that are following God for fear. And not no, so much for the fear of the eternal punishment, but it's for the fear that, oh, listen, if I stop going to church, then I lose my job. If I stop going to church, then a problem is going to happen. Okay, And we're not seeking him because we love him but we're seeking him because we're afraid that if we stop coming, then he's gonna turn around. And see. you know what, you know, like a father that, that goes to his kids and he says, if you don't come and give me a hug every morning, I'm not gonna give you your allowance. What do you guys think of that? Baba that comes and says, every day you come and give me a hug, I'll give you your allowance. You don't give me a hug, you don't get, you don't get your allowance. Does that hug now mean anything? Has that hug now have any value? You're not hugging him because you love him, or because you want to get close to him, but you're hugging him because you're afraid that if I don't get, if I don't hug him, I'm not going to get my allowance. So I'm interested more in the allowance than in him. And that's exactly what he says to them. He says, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, not because you want to hear the teachings, not because you love me or you want to be next to me, but you're seeking me because you ate and you were filled because you know that this is going to be your allowance. But Antonius Moros, one time he told us a story. And he said that they they went, uh, and and this is even prior to uh, him being a a bishop, he says when he was still a missionary, one time he went to a certain town in Africa, and uh, he met the the translator, and then he told them, well, we're going to gather everybody to come to this church, this place, and we're going to have a Bible study meeting. So at the time of the meeting, Sayyidina, he walks into the church and he finds the church packed, the church packed with people, okay? Sayyidina got really happy, like the the people in this country are thirsty for God's word and they, so that's good. So Sayyidina stood up there and he got the Bible and he gave the Bible study. And then after he finishes the Bible study, says, okay, now let's stop and pray. They stood up and prayed and after they finished praying, he told the people, okay now, Go in peace. The peace of God be with you all. And then everybody just sat down again. So he doesn't know why are the people sitting down again. So he says, well, tell them that they can go. Where are they sitting again? He says, they're waiting for the church allowance. And he says, what is church allowance? I've never heard that term before. He says, no. Here, the missionaries that come, the other denominations, yani, whatever other denominations of Christianity that, that go do missionary work there. Whenever they gather people in the church, they gather the people in the church, they give them a talk, and then at the end, the people line up and they go and they receive haga called a church allowance. Yani Okay? And you line up keda at the end, instead of me handing you guys Lokmet al-Baraka. I give everybody a five dollars, ten dollars. You guys like that idea? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just say it's not gonna happen, okay? <laughs> I'll have a basket next to me and you can put five dollars, okay? <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna take anything. So the people they said they're waiting for church else. So looked at the and says, but no, no, we we're Coptic church, we don't do this. You know, we don't give the people anything. You know, people they come to church to hear the word of God, not to receive allowance. Then the translator turns to Sayyidina and he tells him, Well Sayyidina, then let me show you the side door that we can exit from and I hope that your car is right there waiting for me, because otherwise we're both gonna get we're both gonna get killed. Okay, so people seeking God because they ate and they were filled. They don't want that, that food, that food that, that lasts through eternal life, they, they want that food that perishes. And this is why at the end he says, do not seek the food that perishes, but the food that lasts through eternal life. Other people that have seeked God to test him, uh, Bible critics, okay? But back there, at that time, there was lawyers that have gone to him Not for the sake of wanting to learn, because they were very well learned. But they would go to him and say, what is the greatest commandment in the Bible? Or they would tell him, according to the law of Moses, this woman must be stoned. What do you say? Now they're going and they're seeking his opinion, not because they want to be edified. Now they're trying, they want him to speak not to be edified but they want him to speak so that they may catch him by a word You're looking to catch him, more sometimes you find those bible critics that will sit down and will read the bible she says, oh, look big problem your bible has got big problem a big problem look in the gospel of matthew the temptation they say it's first he got hungry then he was taken up to the mountain, then he was taken to the cliff of the temple, but then you go in the book of Luke and he was hungry and then went to the cliff of the temple and then the mountain. Ah, there is confusion. Who do we trust? Mark, Luke, or Matthew? it doesn't matter. I went to be a until you're reading, in the Bible, you're trying to find ah, which one did Jesus, which temptation did he go through first and which one does he go second, which one does he go third. Who cares about that chronological, that, 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 that order? The point is that the devil will tempt you, and God is trying to show you how to overcome the temptation. So you leave the most important thing, then <laughs> you come and then you look at, at, at the, the stuff that is less less significant. Like sometimes, often, arguments rise up in the church you all like oh, Abuna the church, there is some uh, debates going in the church over, and then you you begin to some terminology. You could don't even understand what the meaning of this terminologies. is. We all like ask we found out that Saint John Chrysostom wrote A and Saint Cyril wrote A, and they get into these things." يعني uh, we leave all of that stuff. <laughs> igi we care about th- these things that are so some is this really what we you you come and you sit in the church and then you walk out of the church and all that you have gained from your visit to the church is mean Is Is this the thing? Are we coming to judge? Are we coming to catch someone by a word? Are we coming to test God? Or are we coming to learn and be edified? Come and be edified by God. So the Lord Jesus Christ today, He told them, You seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate and were filled. And he commands us then do not labor for the food that perishes, but the one for us into eternal life. It is a good time for all of us to examine what is the real motive and why are we following him? Is it out of love? Or is it out of benefit? We're we seeking gain, benefit, food? Or do we want to test him? May we be hearers and words of the word. Glory be to God forever. Amen.